Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guest, owner of TLC Fitness in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, Stephen Kurtz. How are you doing today? Very good, Dom. Thanks for having me. I'm humbled and honored to be on the show today. Well, we're we're honored to have you on, and I can't wait to jam and just get into it, man. So let's dive in. Tell me what TLC is all about. So TLC Fitness is something I created from scratch with no equipment, no money in 2019. Um, and I wanted to place a good, positive fitness community for me and my clients to grow and prosper and, uh, you know, help add value to each other's lives. Awesome. And we're going to, we're going to talk about all the different ways that you're doing that and what goes into it for you. But in order to fully understand, I think we need a little bit of background. So give us some history, some backstory. It's, you didn't just wake up one day and open TLC. You've been in the industry a little while. So give us that, um, what led up to it? How did we get here? So we got here from studying business in college and doing a family business but I went into exercise science in 2010, um, went to school for this, was training friends, clients, athletes. And then in 2012, was working at a, uh, at a big box gym. It was a family-owned business, but not a, a chain gym. But started my career in 2012 as a, a coach, worked myself up and was overbooked at that facility for years and kept running into, into uh, a lot of problems of burnout and family time. And, so, and, so that led to you dreaming this up? Yeah, of a place of going on my own, because where I was at, you know, obviously, as you grow and expand and, and things like that, you can only do so much. So I wanted to create a place that was a little bit more private and intimate for me and my clients and what I was doing. Okay, so you, you know what you want, how you want to do it. How do you get through the rest of the logistics, where it's going to be, how big is it going to be, what equipment are we going to have, what were the, the big factors in that for making this a reality? So the biggest thing was, yeah, obviously finding space and location, but what led me actually to this, I was supposed to buy the, the original facility I was at, like yourself, that deal kind of went south and that led me to either being without a job with a one-year-old or starting over from scratch with my own place. So viewing lots of different places for commercial real estate and the place I'm at, I actually turned down several times because I thought it was too small. But in reality, I'm glad I started with a smaller, smaller place in 2019, considering the events that happened then. Yeah. What, what month was it or when in 2019 was it that you were able to open uh, April 15th, 2019. Okay. So you, you got open for almost a year before the pandemic hit. Yeah. So I know that you said it, it was fortunate that you were in a smaller space, but what did that look like for you? Uh, you're still here with us now, so it didn't put you out of business, but what were the effects? What were the things that you had to do, you know, to cope with that? 
So with that, obviously we tried staying open as long as possible until things really did, you know, shut down and all that. But as things shut down, I went out and was just doing work for clients. Um, I even rented out some equipment to some members and people, you know, doing like a monthly thing, selling online programs, doing Zoom sessions, basically whatever I could because I was freaking out along with everyone else. <laughs> yeah. So where were you as far as you've been open for a year? I mean, now, right now you have a, a pretty robust staff of trainers and in a big, uh, you know, a, a fairly large client load for yourself and your other trainers. So statistically, you know, where were you and, and how much have you rebounded since then? Uh, so well, prior to the pandemic? Yeah. Um, I, prior to the pandemic, it was mostly me and like one other person just working here, like another okay. coach or two. I was mostly just kind of doing all the sessions, the build out, the work and just filling in things as we could. But then there's some of the relationships I had and they saw kind of what I was doing, I guess, how I was out there working and all that. Um, and it attracted some other coaches in right when we opened up. Got it. Got it. So now that we're on the other side of this, the business has grown quite a bit, more coaches, more clients, things like that. What have been the kind of major milestones, any big events, anything happened since the reopening to shape where you are now? Um, I had some other gym owners and people resign from the gyms they were at and come over here. And obviously, they, as they had a big following, they brought a lot of clients in, which drove our demand up. It raised our value, um, things like that, that, like I said, I attracted all the best coaches in our entire area at the smallest facility. Okay. So that sounds like a lot of, uh, a lot of rainbows and sunshine there. Did it come with any drawbacks? Did, were there any complications with it due to space limitations, anything like that? Yeah, we were running into some issues with that, but the nice thing is we can do indoor outdoor where we're at, obviously seasonal, but we take advantage of that in the spring like this, doing classes and events outside um, and just making do. But with us mostly doing personal training, the flow of the facility was actually pretty, pretty good. Okay. All right. So mostly, mostly got through that. And, and again, you know, I think it's, it's worth pointing out that, yeah, very seasonal to what you can do outside in Pennsylvania. Great, great for probably five months out of the year. And the other seven, if you like working out in snow or cold or wind or any of those things, you're probably Canadian. But other than that, not not yeah. the type of thing that most clients are looking for. So um, so you're you're now, you know, kind of all systems go here. You get a solid foundation, get a good group of trainers, um, you know, a good client load. You personally are are full. You're not taking on any clients. So now that you've overcome that, getting it, getting it off the ground and, and establishing it, you've, you've had some major things go. It seems like it's, it's allowed you to shift your focus from, are we going to make it? How are we going to build it to, Hey, we're here, we're solidly established. And one of the biggest things that it seems like you've concentrated on is relationships 
and how they lead into a good retention metric. When you're not at the point where you're chasing as many new people as you can right now, you've realized, hey, that's it's cool to have that skill, but what can we do to actually make people stay longer, benefit the business, the trainer, the clients, all that. So uh, at what point did you have that realization? What are some of the things that you've put into play there? I think the realization from that was uh, the relationships and network is what really helped us bridge through the pandemic. When we were closed, we were waiting on financial assistance. You know, some clients helped me out financially because my wife lost her job at the, the same time as well. So we went from two income to zero income. Um, but that's what really made me like realize how powerful it was and us as coaches showing that we care about the people and vice versa. Okay, so do you have anything well in place as far as set in stone policies, things that you do, you know, for every person on, on certain timelines, things like that? Or is it all mostly just organic, just just trying to show the, the clientele as much love as you can at all times? So what does that look like? Um, I would say it's a mix. And for myself, for trainers saying that you care and giving things away, but not necessarily devaluing your time and then things like that. But in terms of getting those relationships and getting them to refer their friends and family to us, um, and have them just as a satisfied client and customer as well, along with results. <laughs> so you're looking at it not only as, hey, I've got, I've got Joe, I've got Mary here, and, and we're going to do the best job that we can for them because that's going to make them stay longer. You're also tying it into getting, getting referrals, getting word of mouth advertising too. Yeah, so has that led to you getting more of your clientele base by referrals, by word of mouth over the last few years, or have you still done, you know, traditional forms of marketing and advertising to grow? So we have done still some of the traditional advertising campaigns online, Google, social media, and things like that. But the ideal clients we're looking for were almost direct referrals in terms of networking and things like that and the quality of clients that we wanted and not just people that can afford the highest training package, but people that wanted results and are, were willing to commit and all that. Okay. Um, so on the, on the retention piece, you know, one of the things that we, we, I think always tend to preach as, as coaches and trainers is, is what gets measured gets managed. Is that something that you do to a spe specific percentage? You track metrics and have goals for it? Or is a lot of that with you being there, kind of your hands are your, your hands are in it, you're seeing everybody, you're in the trenches all the time. Are you doing it by feel or is it or like a big KPI metric that you you really measure and manage? So it's something I have my eye on, but I'm lucky enough to have someone oversee and help me from a advertising agency. Mm -hmm. So they kind of ha handle. So the analytics and measurements and things like that and say, Hey, you're up this much this month. We need to do this. This is what you're spending um, in terms of that. So when it goes back to like network and the people I have all 
kind of helping the business too, or trading, as you know. Yeah, those strategic partnerships, whether they're official or unofficial, uh, can definitely make or break what we do as a small business, for sure. Yeah. So let, let's talk a little bit about um, the different different services you're offering and, and why you've gone the, the route that you have there. I mean, I think you're the general breakdown, uh, we, we've got one-on-one -on -one personal training, you've got semi-private training, uh, you've got group, and then you've got a, an online hybrid um, program. But most of it seems to be in the realm of, of some sort of strength and conditioning base, not any uh, novelty kind of fringe classes or, or you know, you're not offering jazzercise or Les Mills or, or things like that. So where did that focus come from and, and how does that kind of help shape the identity of the business? So yeah, mostly our philosophy is strength and conditioning, getting our clients to move better, feel better, look better. And like I said, the coaches that we have are CSCS, NSCA, USAW. I think that's what really separates us apart in the area. Um, but then when people come in with specialized goals, that, oh, we have an Olympic lifting coach. Oh, we have a CrossFit coach. Hey, we have a national strongman competitor. Um, different things like that to refer clients as opposed to just taking on all kinds of clients and, you know, general fitness. Right. So even though you, I guess you could be for anybody, but not for everybody the way that you, the way that you shape it, the way that you have it set up. Yeah. And in a sense, I mean, I personally like working with like special populations. Some of the coaches love athletes, but I have people with Parkinson's, MS, um, people in wheelchairs, um, senior citizens. Um, I personally like seeing people, regular people make huge leaps of progress. Is that just something that was shaped from you know, working with general population over the years to having some examples that you you honed in on and just found more fulfillment and satisfaction with. Yeah, and I say, and that's what even drew me into this as a career because I saved a few friends who were depression, suicidal, had them lose over a hundred pounds, change their life. I, I would say the impact it was having on people as opposed to working with high maintenance athletes, which is awesome and great, but really making an impact on someone's health and wellness, not just, hey, we're improving your physical aspect. Great. All right. So when it comes to your staffing, as these things have shaped you, is that something you look for, um, you know, people who are more likely to specialize in different segments of population? Uh, do you look for more, more generalists or is it more of who's a culture fit, and then how do we find them the best clientele? I think it's gearing toward more of like a, a culture fit right now. Before, I, I did have a few coaches in that I thought were what I was always looking for, but I was sadly disappointed then, as opposed to some, some uh, you know, people I've been mentoring, training, things like that, that are going all in and doing everything they possibly can as opposed to just someone coming in, acting like they know it all, ego, et cetera. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that can, 
<laughs> that can go uh, go awry pretty quickly there. So with your current coaching staff, you've got a mix of full-time and part-time coaches. And, um, you know, depending on the different areas, you know, different specialties, there are certain people who have their, you know, their main career and, and they like to do training or class instructing or something like that because they get fulfillment of it, but they don't want it to be their full-time thing. Or, you know, maybe there's a discrepancy in income, um, but you've got, you've got this mix there and I know it's never a perfect system, but how have you worked that into, you know, your client fulfillment side, as far as this is how many trainers with clients I can have in the building at once. These are the type of type of people that work best with that. Like logistically it can, it can be a nightmare and, um, you know, you're, you've got a lot of clientele and not a huge space. So what are some of the things you do to manage that? Uh, I feel <clears throat> that I'm pretty well at figuring out what a client wants or needs. I typically consult with a lot of them coming in, even if they're not my clients, and then pairing them up with the, the personalities and things like that. Um, so it's almost like interviewing clients too, not making them jump through hoops, but really feel them out, see what they're looking for, budget, schedule, realistic goals. Um, and then assigning them to a different tier of trainer, whether they are beginner out of college or seasoned vet trainer with clients and certs, et cetera. Got it. Got it. So you are still doing the majority of the, the new client consultations that come in? To a degree, I do have a senior trainer helping with that as well. But mm -hmm. for general people walking in, a lot of times I, uh, I'm very good at feeling that out and seeing what they want. And in terms of closing them, it's like a 90% rate on there, like pretty high <laughs> and not saying it to toot my own horn or anything like that, but I'm kind of surprised at how many people close. Well, that's going to be a pleasant surprise for sure. And I think a lot of that owes to is owed to the way that you do it because in general we see it's it's pretty rare that good or great trainers are also good or great salespeople. They're pretty divergent skill sets and for the most part um, if you're a good trainer and you're a good salesperson you very quickly end up running your own business. So it's it's the bane of existence for a lot of owners and we have these conversations all the time where they say, you know, my, my, I want my trainers to sell more so they can train more. And I just think generally you're, you can be fitting a square peg into a round hole trying to do that. Whereas if it's your focus or you have a salesperson or a manager, or in your case, a lead trainer who also has the skill set, I think leaning into those strengths, especially when it comes to sales is much better than trying to get a trainer who wants to do anything in the world, but have a sales conversation to do it. And I think it sets everybody up for more success. Yeah. And I can totally agree on that. And I saw that with some of the best coaches or most intelligent coaches that I've ever worked with, or that have worked for me, that their sales and business end were very lacking. And I feel that like, just education certifications, the curriculum should have more of business sales, some of that things in there. 
um, I was lucky and fortunate enough to learn it hands-on through a family business and then business in college as well prior to fitness. So, yeah, in, in I'm going to ask this question with the caveat to anybody listening, consult a lawyer, CPA, tax professional, anybody except this podcast. But in your case, for what works for you, um, are, are most of your trainers, are they contractors? Are they employees? How do you have that worked out and, and how does it fit into that whole mesh? Yep. So as of right now, most of them are all independent contractors because most of them have their own niche market and their own brand in a sense. We're marketing ourselves as a facility, specialized facility, but everyone has their little bit of their specialized thing. So I keep it that way until I really see someone that's in it for the long haul. Mm -hmm. Obviously, everyone wants to build their brand. Everyone wants to be the boss, et cetera. But I would bring someone on full time um, if they were, you know, showing that incentive and drive. So from the from your side of things, if you go or your um, your other trainer makes a sale, sets somebody up with a trainer, does does TLC collect all the revenue and then hand, you know, distribute it to the contractors or are they all running their own separate businesses on that side of things? So typically TLC would um, get the money coming in from the clients and all that, take a percentage and then paying out the independence. There's only one or two people that have their own thing in their own separate LLC entity. And we just work that out that way in terms of some other, you know, that they may work front desk hours or different things to to balance out the fees and all that and training dues got it and i think you know again i'm a fan of doing it that way for for a bunch of reasons but the biggest thing that stands out is if the business collects the money and whatever the revenue split is that's you know you'll 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 make more enemies than friends trying to figure out what's what's right for that but whatever it is if you have a rev share model if the business collects, um, you know, the, the, the money from the client and then distributes it, it takes all of the, you know, the, the responsibility off the trainer to have to report back. And, you know, there's no question. I think, you know, I hear gym owners say that they think that trainers are dishonest. I think more, it's more often that <laughs> coming from that side of things, we tend to be either forgetful or disorganized. And I think yeah. it, it just keeps everybody on the same page. It's like, hey, I collected this money. Here's your money. I have to track it because I'm the business owner, right? I'm, I'm legally obligated. So it just, here you go. You can look at my books. We can know. It. But trying to do it vice versa has people running around in circles a lot. So I'm a big fan of doing it that way. I don't think there's a lot of trainer dishonesty. I think it just gets messy when it gets past that point. No, and I can agree with that point on there, Dom, that I had to let a few good coaches go due to that that as I looked into it they were way behind on dues or a month or two behind on dues they were still closing renewing packages um I would only do it with someone that's that has been there that's loyal and a true spirit of harmony relationship as well other than that the way we said so yeah for sure so you you've you had the business, you know, the, the family business background and then worked as a trainer elsewhere. And now you've had this, this for a few years. And 
really just, you know, have a strong sense of identity of, of who you are, the type of clientele, you know, everything that you're doing there. What does the future look like? What do you ultimately want this to be? Is it multi-location? Is it bigger space? Is ex expanding into different areas or, or, or just, you know, focusing on the people you have and, and capping it at a certain point and just, just rolling with it. And I, I mean, I always like to think big and I always envision something huge. Like the facility I was going to buy was a 20,000 square foot facility. And it had so many, too many working parts. I feel what I want to do is perfect the model that we're doing, provide the best experience possible, focus on the quality of what we're doing. And then from there, I want to, the reason I went this route is because I don't want to be living in a gym when I'm 40 and 50 and raising my kids and, th and things like that. Um, I'm all for hard work and I know you are too, but having some sanity out of it and quality of life as well. Awesome, man. So do you feel like, and I guess this is, this is going to be close to where we wrap up time-wise here. Um, there are any big, big hurdles, whether it's personal development for you, um, you know, professional, you know, different business skills or just time. Is there anything that you think that's going to move the needle the most for getting you towards that at some point down the line? I would say a little bit more of the personal and professional development. Um, we're really focusing on wellness and recovery as some other amenities and services as well. But uh, just really focusing on specializing on my niche market as well, which with mine is the golf fitness training. Awesome, man. All right. Well, we are just about out of time here. Before we let you go, I get an easy question. Softball. Where can people find you online? Website, social media, where do they go to find more about TLC? So we're TLC Fitness on uh, Instagram and Facebook. And my personal fitness page is Bodies by Kurtz on Instagram on there. Awesome. So check it out, TLC. Check out Bodies by Kurtz. Steve, Steven, sorry. Yep. Uh, <laughs> it's been a pleasure having you, sir. Um, I wish you continued success. I look forward to following up in the future. All right, Dom. Thank you for having me today. I appreciate You're it. You're welcome. And everybody out there listening, we appreciate you. As always, we wouldn't be here without you. We hope you found value and inspiration in this episode. If you'd like to hear more, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when new episodes drop. To everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. And joining us on the show are Eric and Rachel Plunkett, owners of two Anytime Fitness locations in the Iowa region. Guys, how are you today? What's going on? 
Doing great. Good. Awesome. How are you? I am doing very, very well. I'm excited to have you. I'm excited to pick your brain because you guys are somewhat of an anomaly in the fitness business. You guys have run other businesses and have all kinds of entrepreneurial experience prior to coming into fitness. And so before we dive into strategy tactics, all that comes with day-to-day operations of Anytime Fitness, talk to us a little bit about how we got here in the first place. What made you guys want to get into fitness business ownership and specifically with Anytime? Well, I think for me personally, um, I really started doing a lot of group fitness um, and I loved the concept. And I think for me, I really wanted to fill a need in a community that needed something and anytime fitness just made sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a collegiate athlete, so I ran track in college. So it was one of those things too, where I really just wanted to give back to a community and make sure that they had an opportunity to do that as well. Yeah, I think... I think for us, uh, our journey to, to where we're at, I mean, it takes a lot of different turns, but I will say it, it all started when, when we met in college. And I, I think if you were to talk to the 19-year-old version of myself, you know, what would you want to do? My dream job would have been to own a gym and to be a trainer. And and to be honest with you, and for the listeners out there, I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but I, I realized at about 20 years old that... Um, I wasn't going to make the money I wanted to make going that path at that age. And so yeah. we quickly pivoted and, and through most of our twenties, we, we owned and operated a, a marketing company that we have grown. And we throughout the years had started a handful of different businesses in multiple industries. I mean, we've been anything from the agricultural industry to the, the beauty industry, to therapy, uh, behavior health, um, to, I mean, I'm sure I'm forgetting some, I mean, we got into the apparel companies. Yeah. I mean, we've done so many different school. Yeah. yeah. We've done so many different things and it is, and it, what's interesting is as we achieve some financial success, it kind of brought us back home to our roots. And it was just literally, you know, like she said, we saw an opportunity just like our mind can't shut off. We're always looking for opportunities. It was just like the timing was right where we said, Hey, there's a community that we're involved with. Now we moved to this area. And so there's no gym. And hey, this might be our chance to dive into this. And so, um, you know, it's been 20 years removed from me having any form of formal education on, you know, kinesiology or anything like that. But it never left my mind. We always have stayed in shape. We always worked out. We've always been active people. And so we just saw as an opportunity that we could bring some business skills into this and, and um, have fallen in love with the industry. And it's um, it's been great. So here we are. We're still new to this industry, but it's not a new venture for us. And, and yeah. I mean, we... Or it's a new venture, but it's not a new journey. We we really think we have a pretty good understanding of what it's going to look like the next five to ten years. Right, and and Eric, one of the things that you mentioned right from the jump was twenty years old. I knew I wasn't going to get immediately into gym ownership because I couldn't make the kind of money that I wanted to at that time. And that's it's interesting because so many people in our industry see it as two exclusive paths, and it's either purely passion focused or purely profit focused. And typically the best examples are somewhere in between, right? We need to have both in our industry. And a lot of people forget one or the other. Either we're in it to fall on our own sword. We don't need to make money. We just want to help people or all we see are credit card numbers and that's it. EFT revenue at the end of the month. 
if we forget about the profit part of it, we're not really helping people to begin with because we're so strapped for resources. If we forget about the passion part of it, we're so removed from why people are actually joining that we're going to quickly lose touch with the service itself. For you guys, Anytime Fitness found itself in a nice little middle ground where you could see both sides of that. And, and I don't think we need to do too much work explaining what Anytime Fitness is. I think most people that listen to this podcast know what the brand is by this point, but there's so much artistic license when it comes to operating individual clubs. So if I'm a lead and I walk through your doors, obviously we have the open gym membership aspect of this, but what else is available to me? What else can I opt into if I'm coming to one of your clubs? Yeah. So for us, we offer um, group fitness. We also offer personal training. We have a really good personal trainer. He's very likable. Um, people love him. He's really good at what he does. So we sell quite a bit of personal training. We do offer tanning. If people would like to take advantage of that, we recently just started offering um, the opportunity for people to buy supplements. So we figured that was another way for us to really um, provide a service for them because there's only so many ways you can generate income and help people in this, in this industry. And so that was one that we added to the list and we have had a really good, um, we've had a really good feel for that. A lot of people are really excited about it. So we look at that as an added bonus as well. So I, I, to add on to that, and I, I think one of the things that Rachel and, and I, I see Rachel and her team, cause she really kind of handles a lot of the operations is that the first thing with that lead is going to sense within our gyms is that it's kind of, we, one, I think it's a sense of community. I think they do a really good job with that. And I think that, you know, there's so many things that we recognize that we may not be able to provide compared to some of those really a true group fitness type gym that we could still have that, you know, person could come in 24 hours a day, just get the workout that they want. But, you know, we can provide the personal training with our team. I and mean, we have a team of personal trainers, not just one. And we do have, we do have, um, you know, really a full health assessment. And that's something that I'm, I'm sure many gyms provide, but that's something that we've been able to really focus on and lead with is that we're going to be here through your entire health journey. And that like what we've talked about earlier is like, it's, it's one of those things where being able to be early on and kind of learn from so many other gym owners, what they wish they would have done. And it's harder for them to pivot. Now mm -hmm. we, I think one of our big advantages is that we've been able to come in and learn from a lot of other gyms to say, Hey, this is what we need to put in place. And I would almost say too, the minute people walk in our door, they're going to feel an energy. Yeah. Um, one thing that I made a really high priority when we opened this gym was I wanted to hire a really good manager. Um, and I hired somebody who's a people person. She may, she is going to have the big personality. Eden. She's going to know every member in that gym. She's going to make everybody feel like a million bucks and they're going to want to come there because they don't want to let her down. Yep. And so I would say that is one of the big or the biggest assets that we have on our team as well is we found a good manager and we've learned to retain her and really let her <laughs> That's the GM avatar of, that everyone is looking for. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And um, she she's great. She thinks outside the box, but she came from the industry. She just kind of got out of mm -hmm. it for a little bit, came back, really wanted to get back into it and really help people. But she's the person that she just loves to help people. Yeah. And and I really appreciate the the idea in this this sort of model and fitness in general of multiple revenue streams, right? We can tap into different buying patterns and people may be willing to spend 40, 50, 60 bucks a month on a gym membership, but they are likely also willing to spend 
two, three, four hundred dollars on coaching, two hundred dollars on supplements, one hundred fifty dollars on recovery products, whatever that means, two hundred dollars on apparel, t-shirts, retail, whatever it is, and suddenly that one member, where we would previously get forty or fifty bucks a month from, becomes five hundred to a thousand dollars a month. We can really, really make this business fortified and profitable and we don't need 10,000 members to do that. We can serve a smaller population and really increase the value of each member and and then revenue per member becomes the metric instead of sheerly how many members do we have or what's that EFT number? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, we could I could talk yeah. for days on that. On, yeah. yeah. Well, for you guys, I mean, let's, let's sort of explore that then. It's easy enough to look at membership. And so the easiest way for us to do this without getting too bogged down into numbers is, do we have room to grow in general? Can we add to the membership that we have? So I would say this, and then maybe you can piggyback, is that even when we were running scenarios, our pro forma, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. we recognize that there is a point where this is going to sound kind of weird, but there's a point that we knew there'd be too many members, not too many, but you run the risk of losing, losing what you wanted in your gym's culture, your environment, like literally just space, mm-hmm. like, sure. like having a gym at, you guys all know, like at four o'clock in the afternoon, like there's a point where it's critical mass and you're like, this sucks. I don't like working yeah. out here. And, yep. and we, you know, we, we have a pretty good idea of where that's going to be. So we, I'm just going to use some basic numbers, but it's like, we would rather have, we'd rather have like, let's say 500 members that pay this dollar amount versus 800 that pay this. And I think, I think that's what we, we kind of recognized already the time frame that we've been in. We know what number we want to, we want to hit. Now we have, we understand there's going to be attrition. So we still need to keep that pipeline of leads coming through. That's not us saying, Hey, when you hit this, this number of members, stop trying to get new membership, but there is a component to, Hey, let's, let's maximize and make sure we're meeting the needs of the ones that we have. Mm -hmm. And to your point, so, you know, doing things like those add-ons. So one of the big things that we learned that has benefited us really well is our tiered membership program. And so that, so we, we don't offer just a standard membership. We offer kind of your, we call it elite, elite plus elite pro, and you can get three different levels. And what we have found is that most members, and I think most people would understand what I'm going to tell you, will buy that better tier, but really play at that level. And so from a business side, you're like, fine. So they have that option there, but they really don't even utilize most of the amenities that come with that. But I'm thankful that we offer that higher price point because then we're maximizing the most out of our current membership. And I oh, think absolutely. so many gyms sell themselves too short and they're, they're afraid to charge those higher dollar amounts where we've been unapologetic, where it's like, okay, we would rather lose those two. We'd rather lose two members who say no but versus signing up that one that signs up for that top tier, because that makes up the difference in price point. And well, even, I think even that's just the basic sales psychology, the idea oh. of price anchoring, like we need to have that higher one because it makes the one that we actually want to sell look a whole lot better. Spot on. And I think that was one thing that um, we helped our staff understand too. Cause sometimes I think when you hire people and it's maybe their first, you know, training gig, or maybe they're an intern and it's, they don't know, 
really how to truly sell. So we've really had to tell them like, don't sell yourself short. Your time is money. Yep. Everything you do. Well, they're thinking with their own wallet. Out. And you're thinking about what I can afford, not what the person sitting across. Exactly. Yeah. And be confident with that and people will sense it and they'll want to be a part of that. Yeah, for sure. And so for you guys, I mean, can we get more people in? Yes. Do we want to get more higher caliber, a little bit more affluent of a crowd in? Definitely. Talk to us about the marketing that goes into that because marketing in fitness is a really, really interesting topic where people either do it, they're active, they swear by it, or avoid it like the plague and come what may. What's working for you guys in terms of getting people through your doors before we can have any conversation about personal training or group training, any of that, how do we get people in the doors in the first place? One thing I think we've done a good job of is we have really gotten a lot of community awareness. Mm -hmm. So even before we opened, we had our manager and AF stuff, just going around town, introducing yourself, dropping off flyers, um, and really getting to know people in the community and getting active in some of the community events. We also have had some good success with um, social media marketing. We're part of a co-op here in the area where we're able to maybe share some dollars and get some marketing. So that's worked well. But to to say what's working well and what's not, We've owned the gym less than a year, so I think it's hard to say. I think we're still kind of figuring that out, but I will say the thing that we've noticed the most success with is when our manager can get out and Mm -hmm. talk to people because that's what she's really good at. And people come because they like her. And so how do we duplicate her is the real question here. I think think what it does is from a larger scale, now granted, we're talking talking about maybe a, well, I'll put it this way. We, We assess what our gyms, communities needed like the community that our gyms are in we have multiple gyms we recognize Mm -hmm. each community is a little bit different i would i would back up rachel the more you can get presence in the community literally some facetime you know handshakes that that is in in any business we've ever been in that just has seemed to always hold the most weight now sometimes it's hard to get a real measure of roi on Mm -hmm. that because there's no way you can really assess your cost per lead You don't have the ability to go, okay, here's what my word search costs and here's what I'm getting yeah. for my, I mean, I get it. Like you don't have that. Sometimes, sometimes we've learned that it, it is just a kind of slow down, trust your gut and go, what does this, to get this gym out there, what's it going to take? Does that mean you need to go meet and set up a, a deal with, with this apartment complex where they can get a maybe a little discount mm-hmm. or, or is it just, is it you going into the bank and getting to know these people or going to the coffee shop or right? Like, like I think about some of the the most interesting things we did is we early on, like we set up relationships at a farmer's market or set up a relationship at the person who owns the pizza place mm-hmm. down at the square. And we would do come meet the gym, the new gym owners type stuff at the pizza place. And it's like, you'd be surprised how even, even in you're talking a small town in Iowa of 10,000 people, or you're still talking you know, a bigger city of a million people, there's still small neighborhoods, there's still those everyday people that just need to connect with that. And for whatever reason, this is still something I'm learning about the fitness industry, is that there's just such a person to person connection within this. And it's like people will come to the gym because they like you. They don't, yeah. <laughs> they, they don't care as much as I thought they would about the equipment and the style and whether your wall is painted properly. Mm-hmm. They want to know that you give a crap about them. And I think that's important that you recognize and that we recognize 
what the neighborhood or the community that our gym sits in, what we need to do. And sometimes it's just simple, old fashioned boots on the ground type marketing. And I feel like maybe that's not the same for every market. Like maybe people in New York, that's not what they do, but I feel like Iowa, that's what people want. Like they're very friendly. They're Mm -hmm. social. They want to interact with people. And every time I go travel somewhere, they're like, Iowa has the nicest people. So we just capitalize on it. Yeah. And, and I mean, any gym owner listening to this, regardless of market, wants to get as many of those word of mouth referral type leads. It's they probably know who we are. They like us. They trust us. It's likely a high quality client. They're going to pay on time. The sales process should be fairly seamless. The reason that we have any type of marketing activity is to supplement that right? Because of what you said, we can't really control it. I might get 25 word of mouth type people one month. I may get zero the next month. And so what can we do within our control during those slow times? How can I turn up the volume? How can I generate more interest in the gym to stabilize our revenue? Fitness is so seasonal, regardless of market, regardless of model, very, very seasonal. How can I do my best to stabilize that over the course of the year and then take it up one notch from there? That's the only reason that we have marketing activity in the first place. It's not that people want to spend money on Facebook ads or they want to spend money on Google ads. It's just that it becomes a necessary evil of doing business if we want to grow beyond where we are. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I would say this, we, we do, we do, so Rachel mentioned it. We, I, we partner up with other gym owners in the area under the same banner, under the Anytime Fitness banner, and that, that's been helpful. So we all pool our money together, and that money usually goes to like radio ads and things like that to get more sure. brand awareness, more local, sure. local brand awareness. We do spend, you know, we do kind of, we kind of hold back about 8% of our overall revenue budget to go back into marketing. So kind of give you a dollar number, you know, so we, we do spend, you know, money on digital ads, uh, Facebook, uh, word search. And so we, we work with our brand to do a lot of that. So, but we also hold some money in reserve for those community outreach and all some of the other, so like that does include the handing out of flyers. It also does include getting out to farmer's markets. I'll tell you, like we look for, um, golf outings, charities, five month, five K runs, things like that. We can, it's, it's a low cost opportunity to go put a booth up and just, even if you have one or two conversations, that's fine. Like once again, we're also looking for ways that, you know, you can get some of your staff out of the gym. So they're not, you know, break the mundaneness up a little bit. And usually that's a, you know, that in their mind, that's a great way to like, okay, I could do hang on a golf course for half a day. Yeah. Go do that. That's, that's it rewards point, yeah. them for their work. Yeah. Too. The, the measurability of it is difficult, but brand awareness type stuff like that builds, right? The efficacy increases over time. The more I can get that purple AF out in front of people, the better in the long run. Is it, am I going to sign up 200 members from going to a golf outing? No, of course not. But if that sticks in the back of somebody's head and then two months from now, when they're thinking about joining a gym, is that a contributing factor? Absolutely. I I just think that over the years, I've had this conversation with so many colleagues, business owners, that it seems like when people's businesses started to drop, 
least the majority of the people I talk to, small business entrepreneurs, the first dollars that go away is their marketing. marketing. And right. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes I've seen people it make. Should be the other way around. It should be the other way around. Like you need to double down on your marketing, stop paying yourself possibly, or cut in other areas, double down on your marketing. And honestly, like I could give you countless examples of our scenarios that we've been in personally in our businesses where it's like when we double down on our marketing, it turned everything around. And it's like, you gotta have to have the attitude of, you have all the money in the world for good ideas and no money for bad. And like, <laughs> and you have to really, you really have to assess your good ideas, but then just go after it. Yep. I've never seen that fail for us in 20 years of owning businesses. I've never seen that fail. It always seems to work out. And one thing I will say that we're not afraid to do as well is we don't want to sell ourselves short, but we're not afraid to give away like a personal training session to somebody who maybe they're not sure if, it's for them. But when those members come in the door, and I think that's another form of marketing where it's like, you can sit at that booth and you can give out things, um, whether it's like the merchandise, like you talked about, but maybe it's a service. So people can actually see what a service, what the services that you provide, mm -hmm. because I think a lot of people out there, they work out, but maybe they've never had a personal trainer and it intimidates them. So the only way to maybe capture that person is to be able to get them in the door and have them experience that. That was, that was going to be my next question. So Rachel, I mean, you teed me up perfectly is this model really relies on penetration of PT penetration of group training. Is that something that you guys track as a percentage of total membership? And is that something you guys are focusing on further developing moving forward? Yes. Right now our PT penetration is about 7%. So is there room for growth? Yes. Um, we have about 440 members at our Polk City location and uh, 320 at our West Des Moines location. So we have a good amount of members. Um, so yes, we are always trying to be better, but we're, we're working on that every day. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really a challenge for so many gym owners. Like obviously anytime all of the franchise brands, even independent brands, do they do some sort of fitness consultation, sit down conversation, whatever that is, whatever you call it? Yes, of course. How many of our members actually take advantage of that is usually the real hurdle. People mm -hmm. that show up for that and try personal training usually like personal training and invest in some sort of package. How can we get more of our people to that sort of session in front of a trainer? That's the real question. How have you guys been able to tackle that sort of issue? I will say, going back to what I said, handing out, we're not afraid to give away a free service, but every person that comes in our door, they get a free fitness consultation. So they actually get a one-on-one -on -one meeting with one of our trainers. So they can sit there, build that relationship with them. They'll do what we call an, a body scan or an evil scan. They get on there and then the trainer can really sit down and map out their goals for them. And it, then it's really on them to truly sell what they can provide for that person. And I think we've done a, a decent job, but like I said, we, we're always striving to be better, but it's really an opportunity for them to connect. And I think once that they can connect and pull on those heartstrings and find out the why it's a lot easier for them to transition to, well, here's how I'm going to help you fulfill that why that you have, because everybody's is going to be different. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's interesting because fitness gets such a negative connotation on the sales end whereas we're trying to sell the biggest package we're trying to sell the highest ticket pushing it on everybody it sounds like you guys are 
sort of taking it more case by case. How can I mm-hmm. almost diagnose what this person needs? What's yeah. the best fitting for this person? And I think that's going to serve you guys far more in the long run than short-term revenue. For you guys, as we explore what that long run is, obviously this whole conversation has been business growth. How do we go from A to B? What's that B for you guys? How, what's, the, what's the direction that we're trending in? Well, for, I, I think we, once again, when we approached this, we saw this yeah, as, as a need, but we also looked at it and said, hey, can we meet some of our financial goals with this? You know, was it, was it going to be one gym, one and done and just say, hey, we did this. But I, I don't think if, if you get to know us, that's not us. Like if we're going to do something, we're going to do it, do it well and try to do it better than anybody else. Like we're going to at least attempt, you know, we're at least going to shoot for the bullseye. We may not hit it, but we're going to shoot for mm-hmm. it. And we recognize we're, for us, where we need to be is no less than five gyms in the AF system, because by doing that, that's, that kind of starts to tip the scale as to where we want to be. So as we've, as we've talked to other franchisees, other owners, where there's, uh, you know, where they've been there and they've grown, like our, our plan, our segment would be get to five gyms in the next two to three years. And then with the expectation of being able to grow to 15 to 20 in the next five after that. Um, and I know that sometimes I say that out loud and like, that's kind of scary, but then, um, you know, but as we're understanding and, you know, one of the things that got brought up to us very recently was like understanding the value that we as a team of us two can bring to uh, a gym, understanding our value add is important to us that we can go in. And so for us, um, our plan B will combination of our two point B would be a combination of two things, being able to open up new markets but we also recognize that there is a big need mm-hmm. for communities that do have a gym that the gym owner may be on their way out, maybe lost their passion or doesn't really put, want to put more money into it yet mm-hmm. where we can come in and kind of rehab that. Um, and we believe that that's, that's what we can do because I believe there's a lot of really good gyms that just aren't performing well right now that we can go acquire and go turn around and really rebuild. And that's what we enjoy doing. And along the way, honestly, like a little side note along the way, if that gives us opportunity to revive maybe an old owner where we can kind of keep them as a partner or give, give, give that trainer who's been working there for six years, who just can't get a break goes, okay, now I have some hope. I might be able to Mm-hmm. have access to some ownership opportunity. That's like kind of our little side hustle always is like trying to get that next wave to come up behind us. And um, because I remember being that 20 year old kid wishing I had somebody reach their hand down and help me out. I think there's a lot of people who may not be 20, they might be 36 going, I, I've been in this industry and I have not been able to get the edge up to finally own my own gym, I think we might be able to provide that opportunity. That's what I think we like to do. I think one of the things for us that maybe, I don't know if this is unique or not, but we've really always been focused on the people because if, if our staff, if we take care of them by default, we'll be taken care of. So we've never looked at it as like, we're the people that are going to come in and take Mm -hmm. over everything. It's how can we truly build up the next group of people to be able to feel like they're part of something and by them doing that, then our needs will be met. Yeah. Well, I think it, it does, it goes sort of unspoken in our industry, but if I'm an owner of one location, I have trainers, I have maybe a GM, but that GM, there's no real upward mobility. If I have 10 locations, suddenly I'm going to need 
a GM in each club. I'm probably going to need some sort of regional. Mm -hmm. I might need a COO at some point, a CMO, CFO, all of these things become within reach and it's much more motivating for yeah. somebody working a front step front desk or somebody that's a personal trainer. When I know that I can actually advance it, it serves everyone within those walls a whole lot better, Rachel, to your point. Everybody gets a bit more of a win. And, and I think that's the dream, really. Everybody, I mean, whether it's one location, 20 locations, 100 locations, the end goal being how can I serve as many people in the best way that I can? That's why everybody gets into fitness. That's it. And so how can we do that? effectively and at the same time profitably right we're not doing this for charity how can we still turn a profit and and derive a living from this all of that factors in and, and for you guys it'll be interesting to see what that path looks like as you move on here i, I think something that um I, I was given advice years ago and i'm sure many other business owners who listen to this would agree like I've been told to never go into any business venture without your exit strategy before you go in. Start with the end in mind. And I think I've met so that many gyms. That gets passed over a lot in the fitness industry. I was gonna say, I've met a People lot of People are gonna owners. coach until they die on the floor. I know, and that boggles my mind. Like, I'll be honest with you, we kind of came in this industry and I was kind of blown away by how many mm -hmm. people didn't have like any clue what they were doing three years from now, let alone 20, like what's your, what's your retirement strategy? Like, what are you going to do here? Like, is your gym even sellable? Like, train these, until I have a heart attack. I mean, it boggle, it seriously boggled my mind. So like for us, I can, I have no problem telling everybody my exit strategy when that time comes is either one sell the gym off because it's already profitable and somebody can come buy this at a, three or four times multiplier and it'll pay for itself. businesses sell for a whole lot more than yeah, that. It's like, it's like get to the point where we're making a, a net revenue that makes sense. Like we're going to have goals for each one. Ideally, I can tell you most, most gyms, if you're making a hundred thousand dollar net, I mean, that's pretty good for most gyms. Right. So if you're making that a year, I mean, you can do some quick math, right? Like if you, if you can sell that off, but for us, our exit strategy was always to build up, a, a team behind us that could take over and buy us out sure. because it can stay in like, it's always been a succession plan model mm -hmm. for us. Yeah. Now, have we went into businesses where we thought that's what the strategy was to exit and it didn't work out that, yeah. that, I mean, it's like the old Mike Tyson thing. You have, you have a plan until you get punched in the face, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. At least but having that plan in the with, first place is paramount. Like as long as you have, as long as you have a strategy, at least it's a strategy. And I, and, yeah. and just working until you feel like you made enough money, like that's a terrible strategy. And so I, we have a lot to learn, a ton to still figure out, but be honest with you, like there are, at least we, at least we can confidently look at each other and go, okay, I know, I know what we're trying to do. I know what, I know what the, I know what we're looking to do versus just winging it every day. I can tell you that. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's 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 crazy but we could talk about this for hours and hours and hours and explore all the different facets of your business but we're starting to approach the end of our time at least before we get out of here entirely i want to give you guys the chance is there a website or social media where people can go to learn about your specific clubs yep so we're on facebook anytime fitness polk city um you can go on there they also have a 
corporate page. We're also on Instagram, same thing at Anytime Fitness Polk City. Um, so we have content there, West Des Moines at Anytime Fitness West Des Moines. And that's where you can find most of us, um, most of everything that we do on there. But that's perfect. Yeah, that's about where we're at on social media. That's perfect. I guess. Connect with Eric and Rachel on these platforms and check out what they have going on. Guys, this has been a whole bunch of fun. I, I really appreciate your time and your insight and your contribution here when it comes to operating and growing a business within fitness. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you guys. And we'll have to get you back on when location three, four, and five come to fruition here. How's that sound? That'd be good. good. We'll probably have you, we'll probably tell you everything we told you before. We thought we had an idea. We now realize. Yeah, I'm like, we're kind of babies now. So who knows what two years will bring. That's awesome, guys. I appreciate your time. Thank you. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the future, within the fitness industry, excuse me, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show are Travis and Kevin from Ambassador Wellness Center in Nebraska City, Nebraska. Welcome, guys. How are you? We're doing good. good. Thanks for having us. Super excited to have both of you sitting here today, you know, to give us your take on the fitness industry and what you're doing in your facility. But before we really get started there, tell me a little backstory as to what led to you two owning this business. I'll go ahead and start. Um, I've been in the fitness industry for a lot of years, 10 plus years, started as a personal trainer after college, kind of found out I could uh, I had a really a, a good a good personable relationship with people and so I started my own gym um, unfortunately COVID kind of had to shut it down but that gave me seven years of the business and the, the fitness side of things and then that brought me here with Travis. I've been uh, I went to school for business management and I was running hotels I'm also a pool technician in our area and I was actually working on the swimming pool here at the gym quite a bit. And uh, an opportunity came up where the previous director had left and I uh, took over here running, running shop. So, 
let me ask you how did you guys meet though like i know that you said travis you said you brought kevin on so like how did that come about so ambassador wellness center used to be my rival gym because i owned a gym here in town as well so after we shut our gym down i heard the position for travis opened up so i was like hey i'll go apply for that maybe maybe it's something i'll because i love the town i love it but once i did the interview i was like oh yeah i don't i don't know is there something else so once travis got hired he was like well maybe we can bring him on as a a fitness coordinator do personal training and event marketing so kind of what got me in here cool and then you guys this guy vouched for me and got me in (laughs) here (laughs) love it i love it okay cool so next what i want to do now that we kind of have a a, the history here what you know give us paint us a picture of ambassador wellness center what are the services that you provide what's that experience when somebody walks in the door that way you know moving forward in this conversation our listeners have a better idea of who you are Okay, so walking in the facility, we're about 9,000 square feet. Um, We have a shake juice bar right when you walk in by the front desk. We have locker rooms with saunas in them. Um, We have a pool, a hot tub. We have a cardio deck. We have free weights, weight machines. We have two fitness rooms, one for our functional type athletes in classes. And then we have one for the aerobics and active aging classes. We have a basketball gym. We have a childcare room and a women's only room as well as a spin studio. So you have a little bit of everything. (laughs) Now, let me ask you this. Is this like an all-inclusive type thing? Like when somebody comes in and joins your facility, do they have access to everything or is it kind of, are there different kind of memberships within? So we have a regular, a regular membership, but like the Alpha Academy, which is more of your, your CrossFit style classes, your functional fitness, that's an extra addition onto your membership. Or if you do jujitsu, we also have a jujitsu program. That's also an extra addition to your membership. Okay. So like the aerobics classes and things like that, are those included? That is included in your membership. Yep. Okay. Got it. Now I have a pretty good, you know, picture here. Do you guys have personal training? Do you have anything like that as an add on if somebody needed it? Yeah. So currently I am the only personal trainer, but I'm bringing on two ladies that are getting certified right now to kind of help with that so before me there wasn't really any personal training before Travis and I so it's it's something a new addition that we wanted to add to the gym to bring in income within got it so you know do you feel like there's definitely a need within the business like for the personal training thing like do you think that now with these new these two new trainers on board that that is going to become a really nice extra stream of revenue for you like within the community that you currently have at your facility like do you think a lot of people are going to want this 100 percent, because i'm i can't take on any more people unless i decide i need to give up more time which i, I is just not happening right now so i definitely think it is a, a big need 
you know, any gym, you know, there's trainers everywhere. And depending on your gym and how the trainers are approachable, it makes a huge difference in your business. Now, I have built a reputation in the town for my personal training. So that gains the trust of our members. So if I bring on other trainers that they kind of already know outside of the gym, it kind of, it kind of helps with that, I think, as well. It's the perks of being in a small town, I think. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, we kind of have a picture. You're an open style gym. People come in, do their own thing. You do have some additional kind of services like your one-on-one training, your functional type training. You got cycling, you've got aerobics, you've got a pool, you've got a basketball court, a little bit of everything. Um, How big is the facility in terms of space right now? Like, like square, square footage foot. is like nine. Yeah. It's nine thousand square feet. Got it. So it's really big, a big, big facility. Yeah, so, with that being said, how many current members do you guys have? Uh, we have eight hundred and fifty-six memberships with about two thousand people altogether in those memberships with like family members and things like that. Okay, got it. So some of them, like some of the 800 might have like five people on one membership, right? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, got it. So talk to us a little bit about that. How are you able to cater toward families at your facility? We've got, we've got tons of different memberships that are available to people, you know, individual couples, um, we even have a family plus that way, if there's a, a grandma that lives in the house, they can be on the family pass, you know, nice. just make it accessible to everybody. Um, we work with insurance companies to, you know, help grandma and grandpa have a membership here at the gym, um, running programs and stuff, taking the extra step to bring in the people. So, I mean, just making it all accessible to them. Definitely. And I know that you guys touched on already the fact that you do have childcare. Is that something that is accessible all day or like, how does that work? We have it Monday through Saturday, Monday through Fridays, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. And then 4.30 to 7.30 p.m. And then Saturday morning, I believe it's 7.45 to 10. Yeah. Nice. So definitely a good chance for people to come in and take advantage of their membership if they don't have that. And that's huge. Um, Okay, great. So you currently have about, you know, 850-ish memberships, but around 2,000 people coming to the gym. Is that a place where you guys feel comfortable or are you looking to increase the membership, increase the total amount of people, you know, coming into the facility? we're looking at increasing all the above yeah absolutely got it definitely want to keep keep it keep it going up definitely want to keep going up love the growth mindset that's super exciting for me to hear um now talk to me a little bit about what you're doing to aid that growth process right we all have to be doing different things to get the word out within our community so talk to me about how you guys do that so travis really he keys on like the corporate memberships and um, 
you know, really the membership side. I'm more of a let's work on the retention. Let's try to get new members in with special events, programs, programs for kids. That's I think that's the one big thing that's definitely helped us, you know, making programs that they can bring their kids here and work out why their kids are doing a program. Yeah. Our events outside of the, the gym for the community. So our name and our our facility is getting out there to the public. So then they're like, oh, that place is really friendly. They are definitely, there's stuff for the kids to do. There's stuff for us to do. Started a, just recently started a scholarship program. Um, it's going to help aid people that don't have access to uh, like entry fees and equipment, things like that. We'll, you know, we'll uh, help take care of that for them. That's awesome. So, yeah. So yeah. you're doing a lot of like what we call guerrilla marketing, which is like getting out into the community and, you know, doing events and running programs and things like that to be involved. Um, do you guys, um, have you guys ever done any sort of advertising like digitally or anything like that? Uh, we use the Facebook advertisement. Sweet. That's about the extent of our advertisement. You know? yeah. yeah, well, Facebook has proven to work, um, and a lot of people are really scared to go there, honestly, because like people are afraid to spend money if they don't know for sure they're going to see a return on investment. So I definitely say it's the best marketing out there. Everybody's on Facebook, everybody. So, so it's a it's a good way, especially if you have your radius around your gym, you you can really pull in some numbers off that Facebook marketing. Got it. So talk to it's us about your, talk to us about your experience with that. So, you know, how many new inquiries are you getting per month through Facebook marketing? And, and is it truly a return on investment for you guys? You know, it's, it's, it's always hard telling where initially your people are coming in from. It could be from Facebook, it could come from word, word of mouth. But I do believe, you know, the things that we do post and use the advertisement on, we have a lot of, a lot of likes or a lot of comments, a lot of interest. And really, that's all you want to do is put some, put your name, your logo in front of people's eyes. So it's in the back of their head. So they're like, hey, I do need to probably start working out. Maybe I should just go in there and check it out. But I couldn't tell exactly the numbers on. Well, we did like a, you know, for instance, we did a 40 for 40. And that was strictly advertised by Facebook. Um, that was it. And we had a ton of people come in and sign up for that, take advantage of that. And, you know, and in turn with that, we ended up gaining some memberships off of that. But yeah, I think when we're able to like run like little promos and things like that on Facebook, like that's going to be what pulls people in. Because a lot of times, like you said, like, Somebody might not specifically be looking for a gym, but if we're just popping up in their Facebook again and again and again, then they're eventually going to be like, okay, well, what is this place? Maybe I should go check it out. And then we get members like that. And that's huge. Um, but I'm glad to hear that Facebook has been a good source for you, you know, that you've tried it and you've seen that it does work. Um, so the next kind of topic that I would love to discuss here, because I think that it, it's a great point, um, a great spot for our listeners to really pull value is the idea of challenges, bottlenecks. 
So what are challenges within your business right now? And what are you guys doing to actively kind of, um, you know, aid those challenges? Um, I think starting off when we first initial started, we were kind of started in the red, yeah. I would say. So the, the, hard, the hardest thing for us starting off was how do we increase our revenue, our income coming into the gym and not have to spend a lot because we really don't have a lot to spend, you know? So that was really a tough issue. But I think going fast forwarding to the end of the year, now it's just about how can we please the eight out of 10 people when we go to change something or add something new? How can we make this for the whole community and not just one little group of people? So I think that's really tough challenge for mostly everybody. So if you can manage that, definitely makes it a bit easier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So the idea of, you know, you took on something, you were kind of in the red when you took it on and you had to look at it from the standpoint of like, what can we do to make the most revenue here? Like that's going to be effective for our community. It's going to provide our members value and, you know, we're going to, you know, get out of a bad position. So we call that ascension, right? Adding extra products and services so that we can kind of increase the value. So what have you done so far to increase that value and increase your revenues and all of those types of things? Um, well, when I first initially started, started personal training, obviously, that's always a good one. Um, doing challenges and creating that challenges as a funnel into the Alpha Academy, which is extra per month. That was one, that big thing, um, adding small things like a juice bar, you know, very inexpensive to, to get the supplies. Also doing kids events, kids programs, things normal normally you wouldn't do outside inside of a gym so we do you know we had an after school program that kind of helped so people would bring in their kids and they'd work out as well brings in more memberships we also have uh, kids sports programs that kind of help so just every little bit every little thing just keeping the wheels going and I think that paying attention to because we have you know 35 classes a week and you know, before we got here, they've been doing the same classes on the same times every day for the last 15 years. And so, you know, what we do is we pay attention to those classes. We keep track of the numbers. And, you know, when that gets low, we swap out the class with something new. And I think switching that up really, you know, it keeps the people entertained and motivated to try something new or it's not just going stale it's always switching up and something new all the time keeps people stimulated people get excited about new things so if we constantly oh, yeah. are able to offer new things it's gonna help us grow in the long run and help us stay stable and, and things like that so you know final big big question that i like to touch on here is like 
what is the end picture for you guys? Like down the road, where do you want to see Ambassador Wellness Center go? And I would love to hear both of your point of views for this answer. Um, I think Travis and I almost, that's the thing, that's why we work so well together. We kind of on the same track. We're always trying to get one high. We don't, we don't let ourselves get content. So, you know, eventually we want to branch off and be able to, take the name to different locations and open up small gyms would be ideal. And that's where we'll probably shoot for once we get this well-oiled machine going. Yeah, I definitely agree. I want to start doing franchising and going out. Uh, Got it. I think there's a huge opportunity for it. Definitely. So what has to happen now within the business for you guys to get to the point where you can franchise and have multiple locations? Well, I think one of them, one of the things, the most recent thing that we're going to be changing, this will be a 24-hour facility. So half of the facility will be open 24 hours. And that's going to allow us to let, you know, not have so many on staff to free up more money so we can go out and get other gyms and I think finding gyms that are not in a very saturated area so Omaha is super close to us Omaha Nebraska you know there's a gym on every corner there so it's very saturated and it's hard to really run a gym there you know Mm -hmm. so if I think we find small communities and you know branch out towards those areas I think that'll definitely help but you know, first things first, make sure this place is definitely going and can run without one of us here. Yeah, I mean, that's the goal, right? As a business owner, you want your business, usually, you want your business to be able to run without you being there. You know, you want to be able to step away, work more on the business and not have to be in the business all the time. So I'm excited to hear that that's the direction that you guys are looking to go. And I'm excited to see how you're able to get there, you know, with through time. Um, Timeline wise, like how much longer do you guys think that you have before you're able to move on to location number two? I'm a very impatient person. So, you know, (laughs) we're already looking. Yeah, we've actually been looking around. Yeah, that's that's really exciting. Yeah, I went up in Colorado. I was looking for some in Colorado, and yeah. Well, good for you guys. So realistic, realistically, maybe two years. Two years. Which is a fast timeline. That's pretty, still pretty fast, but. Okay, but let me ask you this. Like, what if it happened sooner? Like, what if you were able to do it sooner? That would be phenomenal. It would be great. Good feeling. Yeah, it's good for you guys as well. Like, I don't know if you're your family men, but like you'll be able to support your family more. Um, that's huge. This is this is really exciting. Thank yeah. you guys for opening up and sharing that with us. Um, and you know, where can we go to find you guys online so our listeners can get a clear picture of what your facility looks like and all that good stuff? You can go to ambassadorwellnesscenter.com. That has all our information on there and all our, what our gym offers. Cool. Do you guys have your social media linked to the website as well? Um, I just got a Facebook and I don't know. Ambassador Wellness Center, I'm assuming on Facebook. Yep. Yep. Cool. 
Well, definitely, hopefully you'll have some people come check out the facility. Um, thank you guys for tuning in today. We really appreciate it. If you want to be on a future episode of the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. We will be in touch with you soon. If you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. Travis and Kevin, it was a pleasure having you here today. Thank you once again. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.